Yo, good evening. It's the most amazing podcast this side of the Mississippi. In fact, the whole universe. Tonight, I will be your host. I am the Horace Towns, the most amazing host in the podcast atmosphere, joined by my best friends that you would know around the world as black super friends. Up top, I'm going to the man who organizes all the chaos on this episode and a lot of episodes. He is the man that you also know as the date doctor, if you're lucky. Join to my side in introducing the Chris Leo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Day after the uh, NBA um, All-Star Weekend, I got a bone to pick with the NBA. I hope you give me a second to, to tell you after, the, after we do the intro, though, of course. But thank you for coming Monday night. No better, better place you would rather be. All right, I'm going to drop right below you and go to my main man outside of Atlanta, Georgia. He is the owner of Hardy Inspect Home Inspection. Is that, is, I got that correct? All right, making sure I do. So he is servicing all of Georgia for all of your real estate needs. You would know him tonight as the Super Mario Senior. Hey. Greetings and salutations. Yeah, this is a great uh, choice Monday after an uh, all-star game, if you want to call it that. So I, I wanna wait, can't wait to hear Chris's uh, sentiments on that game. I watched it myself. <laughs> well, next I'm going to the man who was on time. He was on time tonight. He, he's a little glitchy. But he is wearing the latest apparel from the Black Super Friends. You can get your fair share of the material if you request it. We still got mugs, and if you're lucky, we have a few shirts. Our model for tonight is Zay, the international ladies' man. Please don't do me. What? What's going on? Oh, don't tell me. You can't, we can't hear you, Zay. Zay, we cannot hear you. Oh. Come in and come out, my brother. Yeah. Come in and come out. Thou has banished. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, little be on my joke list for another <laughs> damn week. All right. Come back, Zay. Mic check. Uh, first of all, I've been going at I want to shout out Curran Claiborne for starting this debate today on Instagram. Well, people, he didn't know that we didn't know about fish and spaghetti. I said, that is definitely not a thing in South Florida. And it was a great debate because some people up north all over said that it's a real thing, that they love fried fish and spaghetti. I said, I've never heard of such foolery except for a song one time. Uh, uh, I think Loom mentioned it. And we all said, that's disgusting. Fish go with grits, go with rice, and go with fries. But on a good night in Florida, you can put it in some hot grease, get a loaf of bread, and drink your finest alcohol. Spaghetti is the struggle meal. Unless you're going to have it one night, and if you're lucky, you're going to have it for leftovers in another night. But those two going together does not go in my book. So quick question. Chris Leo, fish and spaghetti, is it a thing for you? It's never been a thing for me, but uh, I know the song that you're talking about. Talk- oh, shout out to my auntie. She back. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. But uh, Fish Spaghetti, no. I've, I've The first time I heard of Fish Spaghetti is when G-Dep uh, song with uh, Puff Daddy took this money. 
and I was already on fish and spaghetti. That's the first time I ever heard that combination, man. Shout out to Robert, man. Uh, shout out to Valus. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, it's a no for me. It's a big, it's a big no. Oh, and I'm a big no on the sugar and spaghetti too. So, but that's just me. Yeah, never heard of a thing such a thing. Hey, hold on, hold on. Before we go, and I like my pasta and my sauce and meat separate. Well, that's a different conversation. I won't mind. <laughs> I need all that marination together. Mario, fish and spaghetti, is it a real thing? Um, staying in Georgia, I've quickly learned that yes. From Florida, being from Florida, no a lot of people don't like it, but um a lot of people do. Like a lot of people eat fish and spaghetti. And I never knew anything about it because they use spaghetti as a side dish, just like you uh, like noodles, like you know what I'm saying, like rice. Like so they just sauce and spaghetti, they don't put no meat in it, just be, you know, sauce. And spaghetti, um, spaghetti noodles, and then fish be they meat. So I was like, I never seen nothing like this. I heard of it, but uh, apparently, <laughs> like Chris said, with sugar and spaghetti, because I had just erupted, like you know, when I was out of high school. So I guess people do some weird things with some spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a no for me. Zay, the latest man, y'all doing across the water? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, in the audience. Does, does anybody have a sinus, a person who sign language? <laughs> Please. No, do you know, I'm saying, do you know about the um, the um, old wives tale about don't eat a girl? Yeah. Don't ever eat a girl. Yeah. You know, a girl got so mad at me when I said that to her. She felt so, so offended. Like, why would I put, why would I try to do something to you? Why would I try to poison you? But I'm like, that's what I heard. I, uh, I, I think this, uh, you know, what's even worse, you know, I don't like red sauce, so I don't eat spaghetti. I don't really like spaghetti. I don't really like pizza. People know me. I don't eat lasagna. I don't like Italian food. So every time I said that to a girl, they thought I was saying that, Chris. Oh, you trying to say I'm doing something to you? No, I really don't like spaghetti. Oh, you want to eat my spaghetti? No, I don't want to eat my mama's spaghetti. I, I don't like spaghetti. <laughs> like You know what I'm saying? Every time it was like, it was my wife when I first told her that. Cause she loved Italian food. She thought I was saying like that wives tell I don't eat women's spaghetti. I said that was an easy one for me because shit, I don't like red sauce. You know, I've actually heard the stories in the past where that's actually the real thing that people do that. So I can understand the phobia of people thinking like, nah, I ain't gonna eat a woman's spaghetti when you have women that are confess to doing it to somebody's spaghetti. So yeah, uh, Zay, you out here eating spaghetti? My brothers. Woo! Unless it's my own. I'm God back. Boy, we got him. Yeah. God love me. God love me. Yeah, no, I I'm straight. I eat my own spaghetti. I can't be out here just sampling spaghetti. Oh. It <laughs> it's mine, and I'm gonna eat it. But then you answer the question though: fish and spaghetti. Is that a part of a it's Jamaican culture? See? That's See? not a part of that's not of the Jamaican culture. That's See? not of the Jamaican culture, but I did run into that in the Midwest. They do do that. It's crazy. Hard is right. That's a side dish to them. It's a whole main meal to us down south, but when you go Midwest, they do fish and spaghetti. I mean they do fish and I mean spaghetti and chicken wings in New York or something. I think I heard didn't make mention of that. And that's a real thing. You see what that's a it's a 
her cousin had it happen there. I know I've heard stories of it, and I've heard women admit to it. So, and then you got Valu talking about she gonna bury his drawers in the yard. That's some Haitian shit, man. See Haitian though. You gotta be careful with Valu. Yeah. All right. Don't say that when I give her panties to a halt. <laughs> All right. Listen. <laughs> hey. Uh. Uh. Oh man. I'm going to go off real because you done threw me off already. NBA, let's talk about that real quick because I just seen a white boy jumping all over the place, right? But then DK Metcalf do a video where he jump up to the sky. I ain't going to lie. He look like a mutant ninja turtle jumping in the eye. He get drug tested. But the boy that won the dunk contest had hops, man. He was smooth with it. But I didn't watch all of the All-Star Weekend because I couldn't really get into it. Chris, let's go to ESPN, BSF Center. Talk to me. Well, I got a bone to pick with the NBA. First of all, it is Black History Month, and you hold the NBA uh, week All-Star Weekend in one of the whitest cities in the world. It's Black History Month, and a white guy wins a slam dunk contest. If that wasn't bad enough, Post Malone is one of the star performers. <laughs> In, in uh Black History Week. And I guess they're getting us back from the Rihanna Super Bowl thing. But and then to top it all off, Jason Tatum. Now I don't know if he's got some white in him, but he's lighter than goddamn St- uh Steph Curry. So I'm thinking somewhere down the line he got some white in him and he wins the MVP. So no no shout out to Matt McGlock. Uh I, th- I thought it was an amazing slam dunk contest. I thought the, I thought the guy did well, but man, that's it's, it's supposed to be black excellence, and it's a white man showcase. That's the only bone I had to pick with it. Well, it was in Salt Lake City, so I don't know what kind of entertainment y'all thought was going to go down there, but I just wasn't into it. You know what I mean? I just wasn't into it. Mario Jose, did y'all see it? Yeah, I went to a little ball last night and watched it. Um, I just think it was um, it wasn't a good game. Like I'm all for like you know the the, the letting the anything go, but that shit was trash. It was like it wasn't even good defense. It wasn't really good dunk. Like Dame, I'm gonna say this because I know we got the whole show. The only thing I got from the whole NBA weekend is Damian Lillard. I don't know your middle name. Please leave Portland. The mm-hmm. world needs to see you. In a way better place than Portland. Get the hell out of Portland. They're using up all your good years. He don't want to leave. He don't want to go win nowhere. He's if he wanted to win, he wouldn't have signed that big ass contract for all that money. I ain't hating on him for winning for taking that money, but you signed a big, huge contract, multiple years. You don't want to win. So did said it so did KD, and he's now at the Suns. Damien, for your children's children. That's all I gotta say is please get out. Because you well, are amazing, and you will go great on the heat right now. Well, and, and KD defense, he woke up, he got a text. He gone. So, you know, that's been a while, 24 hours. Hey, I know you yeah. watch a lot of soccer. You watch the game? I got some soccer in, too. But I watched the dunk contest. Uh, White Bull was, was very exciting, man. That's crazy. And I didn't see that coming. Chris, I'm with you. But, hey, it is what it is. It was entertainment. The three-point contest was really good. And as far as the game, that was trash. Mike would never. Mike yeah. and Kobe would never do that. But ain't no defense. That's the way it is. Now, it ain't even East and West. That that was trash. But 
Yeah, they one draft their teams. Like, what happened? I, that's not what we used to look forward to. I'm sorry. This was the first year they did that, trying to find something to do. Uh, Stephen A. said that for next year's slam dunk, you should recruit now and get people from everyday people to – you got a lot of people on the internet that's putting in videos that's doing dunks to open it up to people outside the NBA and allow them to compete for cash – uh, prize for the slam dunk contest. That was his thing. Only thing I will say about the slam dunk contest, y'all was on R. Kelly ass. Y'all was on Bill Cosby ass. How, who is goddamn Carl Malone PR people? Because that story is awful. We've been annoying it for 30 years. Like, y'all go after them. How is it that y'all put Carl Malone in the Hall of Fame for his works, but then y'all pull everybody else called as far as character? He was a horrible person. When, when Magic called AIDS, he told Magic about his ass in the AIDS. He really don't care about being a role model. He slept with a 12-year-old girl. Hey, he's a horrible parent to all the kids he had. So if y'all want to keep talking about all them other people, Carmen Malone, you, and that's the one person, I, for the first time, I'm saying, yeah, pull Carmen Malone to the, to the carpet. But, Man. you know, he can get away with it in Utah because that's the thing in the <laughs> – Mormon territory, but ah, yeah. I digress. All right. Well, let me say, well, I'm going to go first tonight because there was a lot that happened, but I really want to start. I'm going to stay in sports. I'm going to stay in sports because I don't think you guys realize that Tom Brady retired. And uh, why did T Black call me? Uh, he needs you back. Let's do this live on air. T Black, I'm doing a podcast. What the hell you want? Nigga, I am the podcast. Hey, listen, my blackest friend. I'm doing a live show. I'm the blackest now. Your brother blacker than me. I'm on a live show because you don't respect employment. Tell everybody I say, hey, God damn it. Yeah, it's an angry barber, man. I got tricking that last goddamn dairy. I'm really doing a live show. <laughs> like, call, yeah. I'll call you after you finish at 2.11. Peace out. Summertime, what's up? Yeah, you're drinking at 2.11. Hey, so back to what I said. Brady is retired. Y'all love Mahomes. You got Jalen Hurts. We got Sunshine in Jacksonville. We got Joe Bros in, in Cincinnati. We got Hating Ass Norman in the comments because he don't like Tom Brady. But top five quarterbacks of all time. I want y'all to – I'm going to give my list, and I want to hear some feedback. Yes, Tom Brady's going to get $34 million, what, a year to be an analyst and commentate on football. Shout out to the GOAT that signed – that did that right after he got retired. But that's here nor there. My top five quarterbacks of all time. Number one, Tom Brady. That's no brainer. He's the man is one of the most exciting things we've ever seen in our lifetime. Even the throws that he made. Was there a little luck involved? Yes. But preparation plus luck, whatever. All right. Second, Joe Montana. I gotta give it to him. Even though he had an amazing defense, an amazing team, those little chicken legs, the dude was a competitor. All right. Number three, Terry Bradshaw. Hey, he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wasn't a big fan, but I got to respect his resume at work. Four, 
Not a fan of this person, but I got to admit that he was the epitome of a quarterback. John Elway. All right. And for number five in the three-way tie, the person that I damn sure don't give a damn about, damn Marino, Peyton Manning, and Steve Young, who should probably be my number five, are all tied for fifth. And if I had to give the nod, I'm going to give it to Steve Young. He was a competitor. Those are my top five quarterbacks. And really, I don't see how anybody can really uh, debate about the top two. All right? Chris. <laughs> I, I can see why somebody can debate. First of all, I'm going to start on from five. Number five, I got to go with Steve Young, the left-hand White guy that's running. I had never seen that before in my life, man. I'm a 49ers fan. I love it. I appreciate that one Super Bowl that we got. At number four, I would have to go with Peyton Manning. I think he the, – the reason why I got him at number four, I think Peyton Manning did the least with the most. He had great teams. He had um, Edward James. He had the likes of Reggie Wayne. He had the likes of uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, Clark. He had a lot of great players and only could get one championship out of um, the coach. Uh, so, you know, I can't, I can't put him up higher than that. Number three, I hate to say this. I reluctantly say this, but I got to go with the youngster, Patrick Mahomes, for what he has done in his five years. It has been very, very, very impressive. Uh, I hope that his career doesn't go – the trajectory of his career keeps going up and not going down. Uh, hopefully – <laughs> Not to the point where he beat the 49ers, but uh, I like what I've seen with this kid. Number two, I would have to go with the person that I like to call the scoped, the second greatest of all time, Tom Brady. And number one is Joe Montana. Now, I know I get a lot of flack for that, but I'm going to tell you why I believe Tom Brady is the scoped, second greatest of all time. Here's the thing. Let's start off with first. He was a Mr. Irrelevant. Last pick of the draft. Two, I don't think that it would be a Tom Brady if Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Bledsoe wouldn't have got hurt. Number three, Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady created a rule on his way to one of those Super Bowls. He created, they gave him a game against the Raiders where they made the tough rule. That was never a rule until he got there. We forget that Tom Brady has uh, cheating in his history. He, ha he had a four-game suspicion suspension for the role he played in Deflategate. That happened. Tom Brady also um, is part of the biggest collapse and choke job ever in the history of football, where they went undefeated all the way into the last game of the Super Bowl and lost to uh, Eli Manning. Who I don't who I don't believe that nobody on this list will have him in their top five, top ten, or even top twenty. But if that wasn't bad enough, he lost to him twice. But if that wasn't bad enough, he lost to Nick Foles, who I don't believe in nobody list would be top 10, 20, 30, all the way down to a hundred. So again, I'm not giving, I cannot give credit. I I will give him credit for what he has done. I think he's an amazing guy. But I'm going to go with a guy who won four Super Bowls, never lost one, and never threw an interception in one. And we have to be honest about it. Tom Brady and his first two Super Bowls were, at best, game managers. A, a game manager. Yeah, well, you know, all you have to do is the point of you defending 
uh, Joe Montana being your first, simply sounded like an argument denouncing Tom Brady. So I didn't get that one, but Zay, please, I know Dan Marino on your list. Give give us your top five before I go to Mario, who will give me at least some logic instead of that trash talk that Chris Leo brought up. Just saying, whole game suspended. Okay. Believe it or not, Dan not even on my list, man. Dan has pissed me off. Dan has not done what I needed Dan to do, but he has the fastest release in NFL history, so I will give him credit to that. I actually just thought about the quarterbacks and no real greatness. Joe Montana is on there. We did grow up playing Tecmo Bowl. Chris, I will give you that nod on that. Um, inside of that, I'm a Randall Cunningham fan, actually, ever since we were kids, you know. And um, I like Michael Vick. The mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons, Michael Vick. Not the, not the nigga that got out of jail. I don't like that dude. But when he was in Atlanta, that was a bad boy. I liked him there. Um, inside of that, I do have to put Tom Brady. Much as I don't like to say it, Tom Brady, bad boy. It is what it is. And I don't know, it was kind of hard because, you know, I'm a Warren Moon fan, but ah, y'all don't get mad at me. But Brett Favre in Green Bay, mm. man, ah, when in his prime, it was very good to watch. So that's mm. how I came about that. Forget the Super Bowls, just the quarterbacks that go out there and get it done. I'm sorry, uh, what's his name? Bobblehead is good, but he just didn't make my five. I don't know. Hardy, bring your logic. All right. So Tom Brady, um, just because in longevity, most consistent. I, like, see, when I be thinking of goat, I, I I have to judge the same way. The reason why I put Michael Jordan as the goat, and people say LeBron and all that kind of stuff like that, and I always say like, you know, what player that I always think like, damn, he never, he never gonna lose. I felt like Tom Brady always had – I was always nervous. This year playing a sorry-ass Tampa Bay team with my team, the Dallas Cowboys, are way better. And I still felt like if this bitch get the ball in the last uh, minute, the last last drive, it's just something he can do. It just – he gave me that feeling. And he gave it to me for most of my career (laughs) watching football. So I'm not going to go with that. The second, I'm going to go with Joe Montana. Anytime – you go somewhere and you don't lose. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. I'm just like, it took Tom winning an enormous amount, an un- unbelievable amount of Super Bowls for him to be my number one. I think Tom Brady just set a record that we'll never see in my child's lifetime be broke. I don't think it, we'll ever see a, a, win, a Super Bowl winning quarterback to Tom Brady. That's why he's number one for me. But I think I'll never see a person go 4 0. That's why Joe Montana, number two. So them two right now, I don't think have you like a one or two, two or one. I don't think those two people are gonna they solidify in those two first stop spots. Now here where it get tricky. Because Peyton Manning number three for me. And Peyton Manning number three because he holds all the passing records. So we just can't act like stats don't matter. Like we just gonna act Super Bowls matter. That's why I put the two Super Bowl people up there. But then when we come after that, it's stat. And he was a throwing fool. And it's not a bitch who throw more. So, so I'm, I'm just saying I have to put him number three. Then number four, I'm going to put the person who made me see my glory is Troy Destroyer Aikman. He is the reason why it's America's team. So when you say the Dallas Cowboy, who they is, he's a single-handed reason why Jerry's rich, the richest owner. So everything you see on football, while we're playing football in Mexico, while we're playing football in England, he gave Jerry the coins – for the NFL to be reborn. 
So understand who Troy is. And then last but not least, see, this is it should be Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but I don't give people I don't put people on goat list until they stop playing unless they done done something so so ridiculous that it can't be unbroke unbroken. Pat Mahomes, if he don't get another Super Bowl right now, he not he won't be on this list. So a lot of people put him on this list because he's projected to get more. He's projected to be at a high level. Well, he ain't there yet for me. I'm gonna have to go with old uh, Thunder Dan because mm-hmm. before Peyton, Thunder Dan was the passing leader for a long time. That was, was chunking that, but he couldn't get the, the final game done. But he was chunking that bitch. And the only reason why I put him on there is because of that. But I really didn't want to because I know how pivotal Duplass and Clayton was to his success. Come throwing all them um, jump balls to two of the best underrated uh, yeah. one in the Hall of Fame, one not wide receivers on there. So I could see if somebody want to take him off and, um, and slide. Uh, that's crazy. They brought him up because Vic was my uh, last person too. And not because of accolades, but because of impact. impact. I think the reason why, not only because of Randall Cunningham, he brought down the barriers of walls of like being a black quarterback, but Michael Vick made it pivotal that you get a black quarterback. When, when we seen Vick, he made it say, damn, we got to get somebody fast. So even if you get a work quarterback, now they got to be mobile because what Vick single-handedly did to the league with the worst line in the league. So, man, that's my fire. Dang it, man. Listen, we might not get to the night, but – at least one thing about it, I know Chris is the sportsman, and I know that's what gets us all hyped when football season. Now, this one, everybody get you know a little more focused in their relationships. <laughs> I got a little more time to invest. Man, let's go to the park and stuff. Football season is over. Once women understand how that schedule works, life will be good. Football season is just a rite of passage in America, and that's just the way it's going to be. I apologize to everybody on the Black Super Friends Instagram page because I put up a diagram. It was the cover of Vogue that had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even tell her that. <laughs> Listen, um, there was a cover of Vogue that had uh, Rihanna on the front with ASAP on the back, right? And. All I did, all we did was take the conversation to our page. And a lot of people, it's good conversation because on the cover, it shows her in front, uh, ASAP and the baby in the back, which is the reverse of the statue that's in, I think, Africa. I can't remember what part where the man leaves, and it's a very symbolic piece. But y'all check that out after y'all leave the show tonight. Um, I want to ask you something. I want to keep the show going fast because we got three more topics. Is there ever a time that snitching is acceptable? Because I'm looking at thug, bro. bro, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of prayers you need. I don't know if we need to ask Tom Brady what prayer he said when he was down 28-3, but thug is getting crapped on by the best of them. And I always say some great things about young thug, but the brother right now, has that Rico case looming on him. And just like MLK, you're surrounded by snakes and people that you probably did for, you thought were your friend. So the reason I asked y'all, was it ever a time to snitch? Is because this week, one of his friends has been very adamant on posting on Instagram and social media, free my dog, he innocent. 
uh, Young Thug is innocent, you free. It's the same person that got a video out where he was snitching for three whole hours. And I'm talking about they really didn't press him. He said that for three hours and told them stuff that they probably didn't even know about, didn't want to know about. But for three hours, he gave them everything that he ever thought to get released. And I don't even think he was, I don't even know what his charge at the time was, but I had to ask y'all, is there ever a time where it's acceptable to snitch Super Mario Senior? Uh, you know what made me rethink this question? I was going to say no, because what I think about snitching is, is um, you actually did something, got caught, and then you gave up somebody else to free yourself. So that means you was participating in the crime, right? Um, and I say no. But then when I heard the, the situation with T.I. said he did, I was like, I don't know if I can hold that against you. That was that was pretty slick. That, that was pretty. That was pretty sly to beat the system. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody, nothing could come from this from blaming a dead man. <laughs> you can't lose. So I don't know. I think if it's ever a time that you can snitch, I would think if you're gonna blame somebody who did, then that's the time you can snitch. Zay, as you gussing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm with you hard. I uh, as you were looking at the YSL thing, you know that that Woody, that situation is ridiculous. But that's a lot of guys that we know current day that uh, they talk that macho, everything, <clears throat> Rambo talk out here, and they ain't been in there five minutes, and boy, they ready to tell on you, your mama, and your cousin too. Why a song said that anyway. Um, but I then I got a chance to get into the Boosie and T.I. discussion about what he did. And I thought about that because that happened here with some unnamed individuals who, you know, got jammed up. Um, once you start to understand the law, you know, the possession is nine-tenths of the law. Uh, whatever was found was found inside of the car, but the car belonged to a parent, I believe, and that parent recently passed right after that charge. So his lawyer did the same exact thing, which, you know, alleviated that young man from going to jail. He put it on the dead dad, man. Hey, and thank God and God be the glory. He free. So I don't know. And that it all depends on how you do the snitching. But again, like Hardy said, if, if you did the crime and you just blatantly out here finger pointing people, you wrong as two left shoes. That's all I got for that. And we grown too. So all of that, you know, idiot things that y'all, that we used to do as kids, you can't do that. You got a whole lot uh at stake gotta keep yourself out of there if you know that you can't like they say do the crime keep yourself away from that type of stuff so you ain't got to say what you don't need to say if what you want to be out here for is what you really want to be out here for but who knows what about you chris leo uh well i don't i've always been one to do my dirt by myself so um i've never been in this this type of situation I personally wouldn't snitch on someone that I'm doing dirt with. You know, that's to me, that's the code. I, I think what the situation that you guys brought up is acceptable. Get, that's that's to me, that's beating the system. That's, my system. that's beating the system. But if if I had to answer the question properly, the only time I would think it would be okay to snitch is if you have 100% confirmation that someone that you did the crime with is snitched on you. I get that. 
I, I think the thing that bothers me is the most is, like I would say, not I'm not promoting crime, but you had an all-white motorcycle gang get into a full shootout with police, and not one of them cooperated. Not one of them gave a statement. Not one of them went to jail. And you got this situation where Rico, Rico's a different. Or Rico, all it takes is one person to to come and say, "Hey, we are a gang." Once they can establish that you're a gang. Bro, the whole case is valid, and they don't got to work their hard. I'm thinking most recos are 20 years. So that's the disappointing part when you volunteered. So this person putting on, if you would have said, hey, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm not going to jail for X, Y, Z. Hey, person got to respect it or they don't. But if you know that you was affiliated and you were getting benefits from being with this person, and then when shit go bad, now you snitching. And in fact, I've left out one part. The, the young brother who supposed to be the most thugging, thuggest person around has been an inf informant for 11 years. I don't know if y'all read that part. Mm -hmm. just I think he's just 30 or 29. Did you graduate mm -hmm. from high school straight to the program? So, man, this generation, I just said, it's just horrible to understand how we promote all this stuff on music and then can't stand in the paint. That's one thing I give us credit for. A lot of people I know, or I know some people that were solid and did some years and, you know, they hopped out and it was an understanding. Um, yeah, I don't understand it either. Even in the Michael yeah. Vick case, that cousin, every time somebody see him in public, they should whoop his ass. We've been knowing this for a long time, man. The police don't do, do they work. Do, just, do. That's, just, that's a part of it. That, I, that's why I, you know, I kind of hold, I, I hold thug responsible for I'm allegedly whatever happened. Like, from I heard an interview from one of the founders saying that they started off as just like a crew, and it morphed into something else. That's because that means it wasn't ran like an organization. It wasn't ran like a mob. There's, as a mob, there's only a couple of people at top at the top that get privy to information. It seemed like in this organization, a lot of people was privy to really sensitive information that probably shouldn't have been doing, shouldn't have. There's only should be two or three people that talks to the boss. And that way you can limit the, the ears. So I, I think that this is like, like I heard that this was a, a, a friendship, a hangout, and then it morphed into something probably out of their control. And, um, that's a, this is really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's a good point, Chris. That's a damn sure good point. Because uh, it, like it, it looked like it was poorly, poorly ran. It looked like a a man that was a, that possibly allegedly was illegal dealing in illegal shit or did, dealing just in gangster shit like that's normal gangster shit. But he was dealing with it with with just friends and being nice to people and bringing people yeah. in. And just trying to just trying to do good for people, and, and yeah. this is what you get. This is what you get in return, man. If you're gonna do this, you got to run it like a like a business, like a tight business. At, take advice from the mob, study the mob, how they ran their business, and that, that, I think that's the issue. Yeah, I agree. Like Hardy said, the, the brother to so the local economy, Thug did a lot for a lot of people, and just like just like anything that's prospering, boy, they're going to send the snakes to you. So you but, but you know, in, in, a, 
just to interject a little bit, because I know I want to beat this subject down. The people who though who actually had evidence on Thug was his homeboy. Was like out of them 28, you're right, Chris. Like most of them people who were catching them pleas and stuff like this, they didn't tell on Thug. They just copped to saying YSL was a game. Right? That was their main point to, to establish the Rico case. But the people who still there, who's who snitching like this dude, Willie, that was Thug homeboy though. He was on the investigation 11 years. They went back to nut murder. That was 12 years ago. So like after this happened, he had so much information because he was working the whole time because he was right in there. Yeah. He was one of the ones who was right up under him. So it's almost like he would have been there regardless. Like yeah. if, you, if you put that, because when them people, it's like Judas. Like people forget the first snitching was Judas that was documented. Like people, I was like Judas betrayed. No, Judas snitched. He came to Judas. They asked him, do you know who Jesus is? He said, yes. They gave him 30 pieces of silver. He kissed Jesus on the head and told the army or the Roman army who Jesus was so they could kill him. He snitched on Jesus. Told him where he was and all. Like that was the first instant that it documented of people snitching. So people been doing this forever, but it's almost like it's always them people who read in because when Gunner said it, like Tootie said, when Gunner said, why I said, because see, Two things happened that I've been studying this is this. It's cool when gangsters say it, right? Because you could say, well, you're just trying to save your life. What was so pivotal about Gunner is this. Gunner had no charges, no record. His only charge was a RICO. So the only thing you could put him down for is saying he was doing illegal stuff or illegal knowledge. So once he admit to that and say, oh, well, duh, and the only thing he ever got picked up on was being in the car, like with possession thing, like Zay was almost kind of talking about two people in the car. So once he say, these not my guns, I was riding with Jeffrey and I knew that Jeffrey had these boys doing gang shit. It's oh, over, but Gunner was on the label. See, Woody wasn't on the label. The mother niggas went on the label. They were just street people. So now you got a, a rapper who was signed to a label and you got street niggas co corroborating the same story saying you had gangsters furthering the, the rap labels uh, cooperation, and when you do that, it was over. Without Gunner, that's what I think, and I don't want to speak in it, but without Gunner, the label can still be separate, because they could be saying, yeah, we thug, we a thug in YSL, we the street gang part, but Gunner made everything one. Now you just... That's, that's trying to be too smart for yourself, thinking, thinking you can one-up and just shut up. That's all you really had to do, which I was going to say is just, I think, ignorance of the law. A lot of people get out here because it's cool. I think hard of you on record saying the women stop glorifying guys that do dumb stuff. Guys will stop doing dumb stuff. So they'll rush out here for an image. Don't have no clue as to what really goes on in the street because you really weren't in it. You're, you're out here trying to promote an image to make some money. And then all of a sudden you get caught up in the bull, the bull stuff. Like uh, I think Denzel Washington said, you pray for the rain, you get stuck in the mud. Well, that comes along with it. And then you don't know what to do. And you think you're smart. You think that that, that quarter slick brain that you have is going to work. But that was just clever. It wasn't smart. And it actually made a bigger mess. So he put that he put that guy behind the eight ball, I'll tell you that much. Um, and no matter how much he says that he didn't cooperate and he has his lawyer come to the front, looks like you're working with the people because you're giving them evidence that's damning to that man's career and life. Yeah, lesson to be learned, guys. Young yeah. youngsters, I should say. Yeah, I think that's a big problem too. 
Let me jump and jump back then. Since we're on that topic and we're talking urban America. Hey, I had I was talking to somebody the other day, right? And we were talking about life. She was wanting to know about how I grew up and all of that. And I said something. I said, sometimes I feel like I got PTSD. And she said, she said, you was in the military? And I did slip. I said, I'll be. I grew up in, in Revere Beach. And she didn't understand what I was saying. I was like, you know, some of the stuff that we seen, I don't think people should see. We, I know personally growing up, we found dead bodies. We've seen drive-by shootings. I was, I won't say the name, but Zay is lucky. I'm here, me and Zay go downtown one day uh, when Revere West Palm Post had a truce. We just get there. One of my homeboys getting into a little argument. I said, hey, bro, we chilling today. I'm going to go and get some beers for everybody. I come out and see my partner get dome checked in front of me, and I froze. People shooting all across me, but in my mind, like, this just happened. But that's not the only time we've seen those type of things. And I was like, that stuff has to, like, we we learn, we're so built to be strong that we learn to, you know, move on. But we've talked to, like, accept a lot of effed up stuff that's, like, effed up. Like, that, you know, uh, seeing a, a group, another sitting at a railroad one day and seeing a train hit a whole family. Like we've seen some horrific things and we ain't get no counseling. We ain't get no damn therapy, you know, and it get to a point that I kind of can understand why certain people are uh shell shot. Some people come back from the military and never be the same because, you know, you never talked about any of that stuff. Um, do y'all think growing up, do y'all think that do you think growing up like we did gave us some PTSD? Hundred percent. Uh I celebrate Veterans Day every year. <laughs> like you said, we, we grew up in Revere, uh, a place small small city that when gunshots go off, we can tell if that's Pookie them <laughs> or Big Ray Ray them on the corner and they shooting that chopper or they just got a little pea shooter, you know. But the fact that we know those things is not normal. I should say, um, as, as Horace said, I, we've seen all types of things from friends being, getting their head blown away right in front of us to all out, it looked like Call of Duty warfare where it's gun smoke in all honesty and you really got to get down on the ground because they're shooting military grade artillery at each other because of a beast. And and I've, I've even seen uh, whatever, carrying each other after a shot leg and guts and stuff like that which is terrible and the accident like you say about the train we were right there we went to school with them body parts over we shouldn't see that in middle school but we did see that and that's just the tip of the iceberg because then when you start to think about what the culture the demographics are inside of that breeze you know that that uh i'm hard i i i, I gotta put on this certain face or i'm looked at as a punk or weak or I'll become food for others. So now I'm not friendly. I think that was a a, a popular saying that was being said a lot. Um, got a lot of people killed. Um, run off on the plug is another one. Got a lot of people in, in situations that they wouldn't want to be in. But it all comes from our demographic and our upbringing of trying to be this quote unquote man. That never, the skills that, that you learn aren't transferable. My homeboy says this all the time into the real world. 
uh, hell, I had an instance just this week as a business owner where I, one, of the, one of the two things that they talk about is the hardest to deal with in life is finances or money and or food. You will really find out who people are and they will really try your fiber of being, your character and everything. And you got to hold it together. And a friend of mine was sitting back watching, actually gave me a little, you know, head nod as far as you doing business. That's good. I like to see that. But boy, I can see that hood like ready to just jump out there. And that's so crazy because I think about Shannon Sharp and his incident that he had with John Morant's father, where his hood came out. And he talked about that as far as I don't want to hide that it is a part of who I am, uh, but that's not who I want to show you. And, 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 and it's hard because where we come from, you have to put on a certain face. So I, I'll just end by saying, yes, we have PTSD from our living situations, our upbringing. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys have the input on it? Chris Leo. Uh, well, I, I'm going to go with no. I don't think we have PTSD. I think that, um, I think that having PTSD is a luxury that we don't have. And I, and I, I know it sounds crazy, but what, Horace, what is the first letter in PSD stands for? Uh, post. That mean post means it was prior. Well, it, it happened already. We don't have the luxury of being in, po in, in PTSD because it's stuck. It's still going on. It's been going on since we was going since we was born. When, when I, my first images of slavery was the Roots movement. My first images of pro police brutality was uh, the Rodney King uh, incident. The first time I um, just that's just like. I, I we we found out about King being killed. We found out about King uh, Michael Max being assassinated. I later learned about how when my auntie was in front of the uh, congressional uh, committee and and the president Lyndon Johnson interrupted her speech so she couldn't say what she so the world wouldn't be able to hear what she got to hear. That's the Lou Hamer for those who don't know. Um, even to this day, man, when you got the Nichols uh, incident that was recent. You have all these incidents that goes on. You, you cannot not have PTSD. You can't have post-PTSD because it still goes on every single day. We constantly seeing traumatic images of us getting killed, us getting done wrong. So, like I said, I, I just don't think we have the luxury of, of saying that it's post because it's it's never, it, it seems like it never stops. Super Mario Senior. <clears throat> well, well um, the answer is, I don't, I don't think we do either. But um, I, although I agree with Chris, that was eloquently said from the viewpoint he did say, speak from. I'm going to say, I don't think so because I think to have post-traumatic stress that you have to be in an environment where you feel like the stuff that's happening is wrong. And I think most people who grow up in the hood are desensitized and think it's okay or it's right. Like when you hear gunshots for a post-traumatic stress person, when they hear gunshots, they go, I'm looking, I looked up the five symptoms. They be getting shaken. They go back to a place of nervousness. They get in the high, all that. But that's not what happened with most people from the hood. They be like, oh, somebody getting off. It's like you get excited because you're used to it. So I don't think you I don't think you be I don't think it's a shocking or or afraidness or stuff like that because I think before we even was learned the right way to live, we seen that. That was a part of our life. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's why you don't see people from the Middle East who grow up with bombs are being dropped when all that. They don't, you don't see those people have post-traumatic stress because they live through that most of the time. That's the norm to them. Most of the people who go over into the army and stuff like that and get post-traumatic stress are people who probably had a good life. And then all of a sudden, they want to go serve their country and then they get dropped off into what we grew up in. And then now that's just traumatizing to them. Like you said, like all y'all spoke about stuff that should have shook us, should have made you have sleepless nights, should have had you waking up in sweats. But those was y'all effects. Y'all feel, if you, the older you get right now, you kind of feel like, dang, we had a rough life. We were, It was messed up. That's not the way it lived. But you're still not shocked. Right now, we can all go stand on that avenue right now. We have gunshots. The first thing we're going to say is, damn, somebody getting off. We're not running and hiding and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think we have post-traumatic stress. I think what happened is growing up in the hood, it unprepares you for the real world and it desensitizes you. And it makes you and it shapes your personality to be unnormal in the regular world. And I think those things are, even though it's close and it might be, you know, catchy to say we have post-traumatic stress, but I think that's a shake up in your life. And I think it'll it'll take a lot. For us to have post-traumatic stress out of all the stuff we don't see, that's what I think. Yeah, I have. Y'all ever have any moments that you still think about? Like you still like that moment with Tamron Avenue? If I think about it, it feel like I can go right there to it happening, like in that moment. And we've seen, we've had some after. And in fact, that story even got worse because they probably saved my life today because I froze and it was bullets going all across my head. And time to time, I'll think about that. Well, I think about some of our homeboys, and I think about that. Hell, I think about Big John. You know, like I ride by and stuff. Like we get, we got used to. We've seen more murder than anybody should see. So to your point, we are we have gotten desensitized to it, but it don't mean like I don't have my moments of reflection where I'm like, like damn, kind of hard to shake off sometimes. But I can actually go right back to that moment when it happened. So I know that's not nothing natural, man. And our kids, listen, that's why I get so mad when I talk to my youngest, who, you know, sometimes I feel like you're a knucklehead. Like, bro, I, I work hard for you not to endure any of that stuff that I saw. But this generation seems like they, they, they have been on, yeah, being in these streets until they get a little wooded out there. So, We'll see. Um, Chris, it's up your alley. Lil Duval said it's not a real relationship to, until y'all stay together. I've been saying that forever, man. I said that on the show several times. I believe that, I, and I get this question in dating now when I when I get involved with women or, or you know encounter women that one of the first questions they ask you is when was your last relationship? And I say over a decade, and they're like, well, they're shocked. They why? I'm like, well, I define relationship in a certain way. I believe that relationships are akin to responsibilities. If I don't live with a woman, if I don't have a woman pregnant, or I don't have or I don't have a conversation with her, with my daughter about this woman, and you, you guys know the conversation that you gotta have when you bring in a new person in your life. If I if those three things isn't going on, or at least two out of those three things is going on, I don't believe that it's a relationship because it's it's similar to what we was doing in high school and in college. When I first got here, so you know, I but this is I guess it's better when uh, a famous person said, but I've I've said that several times, a couple of times on this show. Personally, I believe I 100 percent 
believe that. I have been in the last decade, I haven't lived with a woman. I haven't had a woman pregnant. Now, I can't say that I haven't loved a woman. I can't say that I haven't been loved myself. Um, but as far as taking it to that level, there has to be some higher level in relationships. Then you let stay at your house, I stay at my house, we date, we screw, you know, shit like that. I don't know about it. I don't think it's a real relationship until uh, somebody's swimming with their shirt off in the pool that's in your window or uh, we sharing some bills together where I'm actually taking on some of her bills where I'm actually helping her with a few things. So I ain't got to stay with together with her to feel like I'm in a relationship with her. I think there has to be some bond. If I go wrong, yeah, I'll put my life and her, and her on her hand. So to me, I ain't gotta stay with you. I'm just saying that's me, Chris. You you how you gonna just force yourself in a relationship just because you decided not to put a condom on. Listen, because at that that's point, is, Chris. I'm saying the possibility if I I'm a fertile guy. If I go in there and I I'm if I go raw, I'm Sam's or shooting. So now Whoa. the possibility <laughs> that pull out shit don't work. The possibility of me having a baby. If I go raw down, I'm thinking that there's a deep possibility that I can have a baby with this person, or hell, I'm trusting this woman to be HIV and sexually uh, disease free. You know what I'm saying? That is, I have made a commitment to put my energy into her, into her uh, flesh. So that's what for me. What if she did though? And you plan on if you plan on being with her, what does it matter? What? Let's say she did have one. If you plan have, on being with her, what does it matter? Have a baby or some disease. Like just being with her for the rest of your life. I don't give That's what a relationship's supposed to be leading to, correct? Right. Let's say she got the heebie jeebies. She give you the heebie jeebies. Y'all got heebie jeebies together for the rest of your we life. What does it we, we stuck together. Who yeah, so you, said, you said if she could have this. But if you if you you said that she could have the heebie jeebies. But if she does, you hit raw. Y'all got the heebie jeebies together. If you don't go plan together on together with her for the rest yeah. of your life, what does it matter? Hence the relationship. Hence the relationship. What are you talking about? It's it's crazy, Horace, because Chris ain't like he don't remember that you come from that 90s era of love. That's all my brother speaks about. If he see, first and foremost, you gotta be a certain standard for him to even go there with you. So now if he going there and he getting butt naked, y'all go together. Yeah. Chris, we were younger. Remember, we were around bunks after him. He ain't been in these streets lately. <laughs> he hasn't. He yeah, told you that though. <laughs> told me you go not these women nowadays. Told me nothing. You ain't you can't just force the relationship over because you went skinny dipping. You was at your goddamn mind. <laughs> hey, Chris. Listen, they got you know they gave forty dollars, Chris. They go together. Listen, I was married for a long time, dog. So. You know, I feel like my meat is just as uh, <laughs> just as valuable as her pocketbook. So I'm sorry. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't even know who turned it in because Chris just so disgusted with me. I'm keeping the censor. <laughs> he been married, Chris, and forty dollars are very enticing to him. <laughs> no, you keep talking about this forty dollars, man. Zay, the forty is real. I'm telling Zay. you. They don't like to tell you about the forty. Zay, this should be interesting for you, sir. It's not I, real. Actually, it's not honestly, real. to be honest with you, I'm more in agreement with you. I mean, I understand that shit gets real once you move in, 
but you can have a relationship and be in two different places uh, at one time. Like you said, you got to have something that goes with it, which is some type of shared responsibility. You can't be nobody's boyfriend if you ain't taking care of no responsibility. You just somebody that they, you know, have a good time with. You're a friend, but you can be in separate locations. And I be pay all the bills here. But hmm? not, I'm not going to pay all these bills and then, no, nah, straight. We gotta be in a relationship. But, but you said the magic. You said the magic before, though, Chris. You said if you're in a relationship, then it is. You know, you're supposed to be working towards <laughs> what I'm togetherness forever, right? Yeah, but you know, you gotta crawl before you walk. So you know, y'all might meet each other and y'all in different locations. Then y'all gradually grow to where y'all get to the step of y'all in the same house. Like I said, that's when shit get real. That's when it got. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's when it get real. So let me know, Robert. We'll let you know. Listen. So- our producers will get in contact with you. Yeah, leave your All information right. in the comments. The bag test to him. He a little too red. Yeah. Oh yeah. We it's Black History Month. You know we don't we don't know we're gonna have any waffle colored Negroes on this month. <laughs> you gonna get in trouble. You gonna get somebody gonna write in the HR on horse about that waffle color. I think I know who it is, but uh, I'm gonna wait for the evidence. <laughs> oh, I know his name too. Hey, I mean Mario. Uh, I know um, I'm not going to be redundant, so I know what Lil Duval was trying to say, so I understand what he's saying. So I, I agree with him, just to start by saying that. <laughs> I know what he means. I know what he's trying to say. That it's not, you know, you don't really learn a person. Think somebody just said it until you really move in with them. You're going to see them from the beginning to end because they're going to have to come home to you, right? But I think that when you put relationship in there, I think that that's what a lot of people get confused at with relationship. Um, cause I was thinking about this, like, damn, like, like, cause people stay together every day and not in a relationship. I know some people who stay together, they're not in a relationship. They just like, they roommates shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Who fucking, excuse me, excuse my French. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Right. but I do understand what he's saying. Like if you have committed to each other and you never going to be fully, um, know that person or, or see if you even want to move to, like Chris said, it's a relationship as opposed to move to the next step, which is marriage to most people. And not everybody wants that nowadays, but to most people who do. So I, I, I'm i a firm believer in I think you should stay with somebody before you move to uh, say I mar- you married because I just couldn't imagine being married to somebody who you never stayed with. Now I know in the biblical days and in the Old Testament days they did that and I just don't. And back then though, you was getting, set, you was getting sold and only one person had a job so you didn't have no choice. But nowadays, like Chris alluded to, this is a whole different time, whole different men, it's whole different women, it's whole different laws. So I think you damn right foolish if you don't get into a, a cohabitation with somebody and really see who they are before you um even yeah, say yeah. you should say that before you really even say like to, you know because relationships don't anybody can be in them. Like what Tootie was saying, like people go raw with the forty. Like raw is just that's just a new way of life, especially with all these drugs. Like that's I don't even think people I think condom sales are down like 40% right now. Like so I don't I don't even think people use condoms like they used to no more with all these honey packages and all this other drugs they co they just combine together. They sometimes they don't even take their jeans off. I just think they just humping now, you know what I'm saying? So I think this is a crazy time right now. So going raw, I understand you might say that. Um but nah, man, I think you got to really stay with somebody and be in a relationship. Be, you know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, CP, CP says it's not real until you cohabitate. 
Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I know personally, that's why to me, um, people that say they not going to live together or even have sex together until they get married is a is crazy. It's a foreign concept to me because y'all can get together and y'all energy just don't match. Like I've dated someone in the past who was gorgeous, but shit, you get home, she snatched that wig out. That house was trash. Like my energy, I just couldn't even be around. I'm like, hell no. Nah. That's like staying with another goddamn dude. <laughs> but I think I think it's another level too. I think once you, because I seen um, CP say about knowing a woman and you know and staying. Chris, you know, was saying that too about staying with each other. But if you stand with each other, you lying every day to each other. That that's not going to show you no no depth to your relationship too. You because you still. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we all know not to gotcha. beat the bush, but if I'm cheating every day and she cheating every day and we still stand up under the house and we lying about our, we're not talking about finances, we're not talking about like pivotal stuff that's going to be in our life, just cohabitating ain't going to do shit for you. Mm-hmm. You just, you just, you just in yeah. love and y'all in a relationship and then y'all just roommates, really. Y'all overpriced roommates because if you, you will get into a marriage and think, oh, I stay with her. Shit, I can do this. But no, bro, you weren't faithful. Damn day. So now you're gonna have to try to be faithful. And you don't have no practice doing that. Now you now it matter how much she make. Because now you want to start buying stuff. And now you see that she's been blowing her money, but she's been yeah. having her half of the rent. Like all that shit makes a difference, but people do that all the time. Just to, to add being faithful in to it too. Yeah. <laughs> he had to add being faithful in it too. But I'm just no, saying you brought the next step. See, if you're talking about a relationship, you can have a relationship, like I said, with no means, then it don't mean nothing, right? It don't mean nothing. If you just want to be in a relationship. But if you've been in a relationship to get to the next level, I think a lot of people miss that next step. Like, in a relationship, you have to be in a relationship. You can't just be like, oh, we stay together and we fucking. So, that's this. we've been together two years, staying in the same house, having sex, and paying bills together. Shit. Let's go. Bro, that's a whole different step. To the next level of saying, I gotta deal with this person every day. I gotta come home every day. I gotta, I gotta not go screw other people every day. Now that's a whole different other level of commitment that you gotta have too before you go to that next level. But you know, on the minute in the micro version of uh, what's going on, I do agree with Chris. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, stand with each other will begin your relationship status to me. Cause I don't believe in that. Two people stand in two different houses talking about we. We boyfriend and girlfriend. I just, I, I think when you're dating is cool, but that damn cohabitating gonna tell you what you really got, cause it's gonna kill a relationship. Like, like I said, I've met people going to their home. Like, now nah, we don't live the same way, <laughs> you know. So I know. Yeah, yeah you ain't gotta be negative. It don't necessarily mean it's gonna kill it, but it can kill it. It make it can make it stronger. But like I told y'all, it, it that's when you the itch gets real. When you, so you, dating, wanna, you have a nasty house, a, a chick with a nasty house. Who? You said would never have be. a sex thing. No, I said that my brother has a negative connotation on it. He's saying when you get together, that's the end of it. I said that's not the case. Oh, I said okay. it could also be the beginning of something beautiful. But you know, I digress. My bad. My bad. Yeah, I'm about to mm-hmm. say because nasty that's house a- never. I can't do it. Shit, even if you see who they are behind the scenes, you've been to some places that you like, holy crap. You know what I'm saying? No, it's certain stuff. I think 
one of the things with men, how we grew up, whether it's fair to other people, is what we expect to see. So my mom, if I'm used to my mom being a certain type of way, da da da. I, for, that's how I'm looking at this chick to see, okay, either she's going to see that or I'm going to be used to seeing that with my mom. But if you dirty, nasty, don't clean, and wigs all over the place, and toilet, oh, man. And it could be, it don't have to be just housekeeping. It could be other stuff, but you're around them, so you get to see. You can't hide nothing. Hell, she might be the finest in the world and go in there and funk the whole bathroom up. It's, I think it, it, it could be simple too, just yeah. having to see you every day. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand. That's like, me stand by myself for a while. My wife not nuts, and she's not dirty. She do good money and all. That's great. But just having to see somebody every day, like, that's a that's a big step. Oh, like, yeah. when I'm upset, when I want to watch the game, you want to talk about your day, and I got, I'm saying, just having to be around somebody every day, even if they happy, even if they the best. It just, some days you just want to be like, Oh, bro, I don't want to. I used to go to my apartment sometimes and didn't want to just talk, just sit in there, get off of work, drink a bed, just didn't talk to nobody. Like that piece right there, once you cohabitate, shit, that's gone. <laughs> that's gone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that piece is something else. Yeah, it is. And I hear, I hear, you know, Mario, you're speaking on it from a guy's standpoint, but I hear a lot of women say that as well. You feel me? Where they go home and they just don't want to be bothered. So, you know, jumping into a relationship or thinking that you want to jump into a relationship, got to think about that. Put that on the table, man. Is that something that you're going to be able to take? And again, in the beginning, it all sounds good, just like a marriage. But like I say, when it actually is going on, you vent and call your friends on, oh, he's still here. Remember, you asked for it. Same thing, fellas. I done turned off, turned down, I should say, so many move-in requests. I'm telling you. As you should have, King. But once I, once I, you know, you know, let, let you know, let the law down. I got a lot of requests to move in in a short amount of time. I, I had to, tell, I didn't have to say no. In these last decade, I didn't have to say no a couple of times, man. Is it usually between the like twenty first and the thirtieth? What's up? <laughs> I said, is it usually between the twenty first and the thirtieth? Right up in mm-hmm. that week, you start looking real goddess. You know? Oh. Yeah, hey, and, and um, you know, shit, battery's high. So if a bitch can buy, a, a bitch can get a, a twisted tornado for free to live in. And <laughs> Listen, but you know what, man? On the real, Chris, I mean, it does sound like they looking at the in-house meat benefits, but that's what I'm saying. I've always got that that request. But but on the same time, I like a lot of people when they get older. I think women and men, when you've been single for too long and you didn't got used yeah. to being by yourself, it's yeah. hard to come out of that because you got so addicted to peace and hell, not having the, the upkeep, you know, even if it's the, the mental upkeep or just upkeep of where you stay, it's hard to get in. It takes a while for you to merge back into cohabitating with somebody, especially when you know you can come home, come and go as you want. It's peaceful. Watch what I want. Yeah, yeah it's hard. You're talking to the guy that ain't been in a relationship in 10 years and never married. you telling me? You're speaking to the choir, my brother. Yeah, but at some point, you're going to have to get that up, Chris. Yeah. At some point, at some point you're going to have to give in. Some, at some point, the wacky wins has got to go. Mm. At some point, you're going to be mm. looking for breakfast. Yeah. In- it might I got to go. 
There's some people who don't. That's why I say. Yeah, you just I got about to say. Everything got as good as ebbs and its flows, as good as in its bad. You know what I'm saying? I think you, you know, just got to find where the credit because you need that. You need you need a, a piece of place. That's why when we started buying houses, I was like, one thing I gotta have is a room that's mine. Like that's mine. Like this is my room. You don't tell me nothing that go on in this bitch. I don't care if I want to put red paint on the walls. I don't give a damn if I want four TVs in this bitch. Whatever go on when I cross this threshold is mine. If I don't want nobody in here, nobody coming in here. Nobody like because you need that. And some people be like, yeah, we can just make it through. Nah, bro. I you. Listen, I've stayed in an apartment with a girl with a one bedroom and just us when we were trying to make it. That's the worst decision I ever made in my damn life because all you got is to go in the room because she's going to probably be in the kitchen, in the living room, watching whatever she want to watch. Lay across, talking on the phone to her friends loud as possible. Uh, so you got to be in the room, then isolated. I feel like I'm in the jail. Say, oh, that's the worst decision in my damn life I ever made. And I never, I tell anybody, don't do it. But you just got to make sure you have your space. I just say that. Arthur Brown. Listen, since I restored I order to the podcast that. universe tonight and put you guys back in the proper lineup, at some point, there's nothing inside you saying, is, is it, do you think one day you're just going to wake up and be like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And you just call the chick and say, it's you. Why, why are you calling Shit. Why don't you constantly try to separate it? You ain't no better than nobody else. Oh, I got that clip ready to go. I'm you ready. Not, you are not better than nobody else. You deserve it. Should be three people on the screen yep. on this side and one on the other side. You you ain't no better, man. Stop putting yourself over there in that club. We're not the same. I know. We're not the same. He's even worse, Chris. <laughs> Zay, you should shut the hell up of anybody on this. <laughs> This His wacky Wednesday is a real crazy, crazy man. <laughs> what you say? Your wacky Wednesday is a real crazy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you See, you wear glasses now. You gotta go blind. <laughs> yeah, that's real funny. You know what? I'm in the show on that note. Hey, you know what? I do. I have one viewer question, right? Before I go, red flag or not? I told a woman, a female friend that just continues to say this, and she says it often. She'll say she's humble, but she says oftentimes in her conversation, I can have any man I want. And she says this to people that she's on a date with. I said, that's a red flag. She said, no, it's not. I said, it's a red flag. Do you think it's a red flag if you're on a date with somebody and a woman keeps telling you that, Chris? I think it's a lie. <laughs> Damn. I think anybody okay. say they could that anybody say they could have anybody they want, anybody in this world say that, and they grown, they're a liar. And it's definitely a red flag too, because now I don't trust them. Why That's you ain't got them then? <laughs> yeah. Answer okay. me that. Riddle me that. Good. All Manipulation. Right. They trying to they trying to psych you into making them think it's a sales tactic, you know, as an ex-salesman, insurance salesman. You know, that's a ploy to make you feel like you don't have any other option but to go with me. And that's an absolute lie. Boldface. Dave Doctor, you the expert. Red flag or now nah, or Jedi mind trick? I mean, I think she might be right in the, in the sense of she can get screwed by anybody or by 90 something percent of the men that's depending on how she by how she looked. But uh we don't over here we don't judge women by they can get screwed by 
we got we judge women by who will keep them, who would hold on to them, who who actually truly wants them. And you know, I don't I don't know what she mean about she could get, but uh, if that don't if that don't mean a man, you know, giving in and giving, nah, cap. You know, and I think crazy. that part is that she said she won't. Yeah, she a, lot won't. Of women, a lot of women get hollered at by a lot of men, but they don't want them. So when you say I can get any man you want, like Zay said, that means why you ain't and why you single? Because the man, because because if you can get what you want, then you would have it because it'll be what you want, right? So if it, that, that's just like a, if I can get any car I want, then why? If you can get it, then why don't you have it? Because some kind of way you you can't get it. You might can't pay for it. You might can't get it fit, but whatever it is, if you want it and you can get it, most people can get it. That's why people are like, I want it, but I can't. I can get it, but I can't afford it. Well, you can't afford it. I mean, you got you can't get it, my mm, Yeah, you, you ain't can't got it once. You got it twice. You can't get it once. What's that G word? Grandeur? What is that? Uh, grandiose. Grandiose. I won't yeah. use that. I won't use that. It's a nice word. Yeah. You ain't never had nobody tell you that. Grandiose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm going to add it to my lexicon. Go back to Mexico, my boy. Hey. You know what uh, my boy was telling us about. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you had to tell <laughs> Hey. Hey. What a time I'm to sorry, be alive. Y'all had to be there, man. Lord have mercy. What a time to be alive, my brother. Oh, man. I thought, I just thought trying to help them. Like, you know, you keep saying that, but I don't think that's something you should say on a date because. Uh, don't worry. They hear you, Horace. Keep keep preaching the good fight, my brother. They nah, heard you. They right. just a little rebellious right now. Person who would say she hated a dude to, to get on a date and talk about how he could screw so good. Yeah. Like, when it's the same thing. Like you telling a man that you can have any man, it's the same thing a man coming on and say, Well, I put it down. Like the same woman, I bet she'll probably say she hates that. That repulses her to hear a man talk about how um great he is in bed. But then she'll get on in the day to say, I can have any man. Like both things don't shift the ego button on the Richter scale. Like the same way you're doing that is knocking down the man ego, the same way you do that. But it's the same thing. But she, it, people don't know what they do and look at it from the opposite side. No man wants to hit. Or the next time you encounter something like this, what you do is say, no, you can't. You can't have me. And do everything you possibly can to make it so she can't have you while reaping the benefits of the woman that you really want. They She's going to try to do everything she possibly can to change your mind. Meanwhile, it's just a, it's a Jedi mind trick because you actually wanted her. But you gotta give her the challenge. So next time she say some shit like that, T just tell her, "Hey, look, you can't even have me. I ain't." I'm she'll just say, "That's what women do." She'll just say, "Well, I ain't want you." Yeah. See what I'm it saying? That's why you gotta to, to say you want that man. Because then that's when you be like, "Oh, you did." Because that's what it is. Women, women want a lot of men, and then they cop out me. Oh, I ain't want him. No, nah, yes, you did. I wasn't taking him seriously. Yes, you did. <laughs> Cause I'm playing with Joe. <laughs> that will happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Listen, I'm gonna give it to uh, Zay the ladies man while we got him on here. Zay the ladies man. 
<laughs> I might disappear. You had to come quick. <laughs> I bet you do. Hey, listen. <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. I don't say that. Hey, I got it. Speculation. Hey. <laughs> all right, Zay. It's all yours. Okay. Good night. I don't know what you were giving me. Okay. What you got? All right. What you giving me? Closing comments. Close comments. Oh, yeah, good night. I'm glad y'all came out. I hope y'all enjoyed the conversation. I thought that was what we were doing. But anyhow, if you like us, share us. Tag your bestest of friends. You know, get them in on the conversation. Buy you some apparel. Run Zeta International, ladies' man, tomorrow. And get you a mug. They still on sale as well. Thank you. All right. Chris Leo. Oh man, thank you guys for showing up tonight, man. This is um it's always amazing having you here with us. But in celebration of Black History Month, I want to play you guys what something I alluded to earlier. It's a snippet of Fannie Lou Hamer's interview at the con- what was it called? Accreditation Community uh, Committee. This was an interview where she uh depicted a time where she went to try to go vote and the Mississippi police beat her, sent her to jail. Uh, the president, Lyndon Johnson, did not want her to her speech to be aired on TV. So he interrupted her speech just to commemorate the knife, the anniversary of the ninth month of a, of a, uh, somebody that got shot. So it was, uh, it was, it was, terrible but i want to give you a snippet of the piece of the um of the interview come on come on oh no can i get mr chairman and to the credentials committee my name is mrs fanny lou hayman and I live at 626 East Lafayette Street, Rooseville, Mississippi. Wait a minute. That's not the part I wanted to play. The Negro began to beat and I began to work my feet. And the state highway patrolman ordered the first Negro had beat to sit on my feet. To keep me from working my feet. I began to scream and one white man got up and began to beat me in my head and tell me to hush. One white man, my dress had worked up high. He walked over and pulled my dress, I pulled my dress down and he pulled my dress back up. I was in jail when Medgar Evers was murdered. All of this is on account of we want to register to become first class citizens. And if the Freedom Democratic Party is not seated now, I question America. Is this America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, where we have to sleep with our telephones off of the hook because our lives be threatened daily because we want to live as decent human beings in America? Thank you. That was you. If you get ever get a chance, man, you got to hear that full interview. It is extremely graphic and but extremely impactful, man. That's my grandmother's 
sister, and uh, that's my great 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 auntie. Always a pleasure. Yeah, well, the, the amazing part that that's probably who I said all on this show many times is probably the realest civil rights person that ever existed. I know people celebrate a lot of people. Love Malcolm X. I know y'all celebrate a lot of people, but she was real. So yeah, her YouTube, go back and look at any of her YouTube clips, boy, because she didn't spare them. Whether it was talking to Congress, whether it was talking to the State House, she did not censor her comments, and uh, she was quick to let you know what she do with a shotgun. So salute to your ancestors, Chris Leo. Super Mario Senior. Okay. Hey, man, we appreciate y'all coming out. We appreciate y'all listening and engaging tonight. We had a lot of, I seen a lot of fellas engaging, man. We always appreciate it, man, when um, iron sharpens iron. So um, y'all come back, man, because, you know, we got four point of views, but we would love to have everybody else's point of view, too, and insight. You know, y'all say stuff in the comments. You know, we don't catch it right then. We go back and read it, and it always helps everybody. So um, we appreciate y'all, man. There's a lot of people I've seen. Um, and, uh, and like they said, man, buy a shirt, buy a mug, do something to support because it's Black History Month, and I ain't seen you spend none of them black monies with four black people that's on your screen every Monday for free 99 So don't just be a hypocrite and talk with your mouth. Use your pocketbook and wallet and show some love. Thank you. See you next Monday. Hopefully everybody will post a picture of their mug and a shirt this week. Yeah, for sure. Hey, if you uh, love, I'm just going to give it to you 100. Listen, this week, right now, tonight, after you watch the show, give the Black Super Friend IG page a look. Give it a glance by leaving comments. Keep your mind open to what the picture was trying to say. I think I'm looking at the comments. I've seen uh, Kwame Coach K in the comments, so I enjoy seeing people have a dialogue, but I, I hate when I see people who are not open-minded. Like, they're trying to show you how you're subliminally being trained or there's an agenda, the feminization of men or the role reversal. Or you, you may not see it, but it just seems like when we had these conversations, people don't really get it. You know, I had a, the day I was talking, I was on two different posts, but I was on MSNBC having a discussion about Joe Biden, who was over in Ukraine right now, or you got the issues in Ohio, you had two train derailments, and you had the president that is uh, giving more financial resources to people from Ukraine, who's giving social security benefits to people in Ukraine. The same man who won't uh, said he was going to forgive student loans, that was a joke. Reparations, not even a question. Yeah. Uh, People that's suffering from the toxic exposure in Ohio, come on, you gotta. Uh, I just ask people to be fair. You gotta do who ain't did nothing for anybody in this country. And why is he so invested in Ukraine? There's a trillion dollars that you could have used right here in America, but you got this man going across to another country without military presence, which is the trick. So if he got, if there was a bomb that hit while he was over there. America would declare war, but you know, that's how America generates money, war, and it's always on our back, so it's Black History Month. Do me a favor, get with one of your kids and get them somebody to study, not the tradition of people like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. 
go and find some people like a Fannie Lou Hamer or uh, even some of the African leaders. Just Black History Month. Get out there and um, and do what you do. Hey, Rob, get with Chris Leo. Chris Leo will set you up proper. I'm telling you, man, it's a real thing. It's a movement. So reach out to Chris. Chris will follow up with you. We will see y'all in the same back channel next week. Peace out.